Hello, I'm Kristen Perisonotto. And I'm Hannah Ferguson, and we're co-founders of Cheek Media Co. This is the Weekly Cheek Podcast. Every single woman I know has been sexually harassed at the very least. Mm -hmm. I find it difficult sometimes to talk about things that have happened to me with men because they say, oh, I'm really sorry that happened to you. That's not why I'm saying it. I don't fucking care if you're sorry. That's not why I'm sharing it with you. Exactly. Welcome back to the Weekly Cheek Podcast. In this episode, Hannah and I are talking about the Brittany Higgins case, as well as the general culture of covering up these issues within the Liberal Party and also in the world at large. Since we recorded, three more women have come out to say that they were allegedly harassed or assaulted by the same man who Brittany Higgins has alleged raped her. So we did not mention that because it happened after we recorded this episode. And before you get any further, this episode episode does need a content warning. There is some talk of uh, sexual assault and harassment and may not be appropriate for some listeners. Let's get into the episode. This week, news.com.au reported that a former Liberal Party staffer, Brittany Higgins, was allegedly raped at Parliament House in Defence Minister Linda Reynolds's office by a colleague. Higgins stated she felt forced to choose between reporting the rape or retaining her job after being called in for a formal employment meeting in the room where the rape had occurred. Higgins described the experience, saying it felt like a crisis to be managed by senior staff. In response to Higgins' allegation, the Prime Minister of Australia, Scott Morrison, offered a statement. In the statement, Morrison made specific reference to a conversation that he'd had with his wife, Jenny. He said, Jenny and I spoke last night, and she said to me, you have to think about this as a father first. What would you want to happen if it were our girls? Jenny has a way of clarifying things, always has, and so as I've reflected on that overnight and listened to Brittany and what she had to say, it shatters me that still, in this day and age, a young woman can find herself in the vulnerable situation that she was in, not her doing. It was so weird that he added that last sentence, by the way. And it places this sort of question um, situation back on her yeah like to say um can find herself mm. like she's found herself there she's located herself yeah amidst a rape yeah like what a strange like, it is really strange even if he didn't mean it like that it's just such an uh, either he's extremely low in the brain cell count or <laughs> he's got a pr problem because that just doesn't make sense I mean, I I think that he has a PR problem because I don't think he thinks things through before he says them. Mm. But even this statement, it just like, it actually, it goes beyond Scott Morrison. And like, I don't want to kind of skip over him in the people that we want to hold accountable because mm. obviously he's the leader of the Liberal Party. He's leader of the entire country. It's yeah. not, you know, you don't get a free pass. But I think that like... And I know, like, I don't really want to talk too much about, like, you know, why does we have to, why does he have to put it in the context of his daughters? Because a lot of people have spoken about that, and we have an article about that on the website. But why is this still something that has to be contextualized? Like, how many times does this have to happen? Why would he say not her doing? Obviously, it's not. Like, there's no. Why is that even something that you would even mention? Why, like, why would you even circulate or? Skirt around that concept. Yeah. Like, it's so clearly not. Yeah. And the thing is, is that realistically, for him, either mm -hmm. it's an, like it's true or it's an allegation. Yeah. But regardless, you wouldn't say. No. You know what? It just doesn't even make sense. No. But I completely agree. Like, everyone's covered, like, the contextualization of, like, the fact that this person had to think about their daughters to mm -hmm. understand this vicarious trauma. Yeah. But I think what it does say, and that's maybe something that's not talked about as much, is 
it says a lot about the problem with the diversity of government Mm -hmm. that when you have a range of white men who are upper class or upper middle class over the age of 51 they don't have genuine exposure to real world problems Mm -hmm. and that's vital here yeah i think because this young woman who is starting out in her career has been put in an extremely vulnerable position one of the worst things that will ever happen in her life Mm -hmm. but it's on the public stage yeah she had to go to her bosses she had to do so many things that they can't even fucking fathom having to do Mm -hmm. because they're in big thrones and that would never happen to them and everyone would believe them and the issue for me is is that it 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 communicates so much about how little they understand about what real people experience but then at the same time if all of this stuff if stuff like this keeps happening in the liberal party in canberra which is what we are hearing then should they not like have they not seen it before i don't think that they actually genuinely either have the capacity to or do attempt to empathize with this trauma mm-hmm. and this the repercussions of, of these sort of actions. Yeah. I also think that the way that they perceive these things is different. Like when you consider the Four Corners episode, which we'll mention a lot in this episode, um, which was a few weeks ago about the Canberra bubble and sort of like this um, imbalance in power dynamics mm-hmm. and um, sort of alleged either misogynistic or sexual assault and violence behavior. Yeah. The issue is, is that I think a lot of people and this is very common of you know men in prominent positions in the workplace and i'm not saying this is anyone particular um sort of perceive these experiences to maybe be like career furthering for women Mm. and not the sort of um assault environments that we as women understand has occurred and gone down when people tell us these things yeah um and i'm not saying that's like a particular lack of understanding i think that sometimes they frame it differently in order to accept and be able to move on themselves. Mm -hmm. That's my perception of some of it. Yeah. I just... mm, When I I was thinking about this episode this morning and yesterday and the day before, (laughs) I was just like, how how many times must this happen? Because in the Four Corners episode, that was that should have been groundbreaking journalism. Like someone lost her job over that. The person in the, the barrister, the barrister, she mm. lost her job. Well, she was yeah, disbarred. Of, exactly, and they said it wasn't to do with it. Oh, I'm sure it wasn't. Was. Um, and all of these, like you know, some prominent women and some liberal staffers who genuinely worked there for a number of years, like you know, close to a decade, spoke out, and yet we spoke about that for a day. And then we fucking moved on with our lives. But I think it's because we're saturated with such horrible stories in the media at the moment that mm-hmm. we've all become so desensitized yeah. and so cynical towards politicians, yeah. towards a, a large part of the world. Yeah. Like, I think everyone's engrossed in things like the US election because once you experience something like Donald Trump, mm-hmm. your exposure levels and your ability to tolerate and digest certain information increases. Increases. Yeah. And that's not okay. And but the thing I constantly thought about for the last two days was. I wish I could sit there and be like, don't worry, Brittany, we'll get him. Yeah. And I can't. Yeah, no, I, I can't don't. say that. Yeah. Because I don't trust Australia mm-hmm. to understand the gravity of the situation. No. And in the article that was published on Cheek um, yesterday as we we're recording this, so last Tuesday, basically one of the themes of the article was that Scott Morrison is likely to be re-elected yes. in, you know, this year or next year or whatever. It is. I, for one, was not surprised to read the news about Britney. No. Not at all. I was very, like, 
upset and disturbed by the the actual facts that she provided, mm-hmm. like the or her recount, sorry, that she provided. But I wasn't surprised. I'm not surprised that this happened in Canberra. I'm not surprised this happened in the Liberal Party. And I'm not surprised by Scott Morrison's response. None of that surprises me. And this is the thing, is that it still disturbs us. But to other people, they're not surprised, but they're not thinking about it. No. That's the difference. Exactly. Because a lot of, and again, I I said this when I read, when I watched the Four Corners Canberra Bubble episode, I went to a couple of women in my life who vote liberal and I was like, what, you know, why would you vote for them again? And they were like, this, this is not a liberal problem. This is just a more general problem. It happened, you know, don't get me wrong. It happens in the Labor Party as well. But people just want to put it out of their minds because they're like, well, politicians suck and they're just like powerful men and they just go off to camera and they leave their families at home. I think it's also comes down to people want to misplace blame because the person that is the alleged rapist and perpetrator of the sexual violence isn't a household name. Yeah. So I think that... Well, we don't know. But I think the thing is, is that people want to, you know, push blame off Reynolds. Mm. They want to push blame off Morrison because they didn't do it. Yeah. Well, hang on a second. They've had a hand in literally destroying someone's life. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing, so as we're recording this, um, we have just been made aware at the breaking news center of a statement from Brittany. I get it. (laughs) Okay. So a few hours ago, there was a sort of updated response from Brittany, and it says, I have only been made aware of key elements of my own sexual assault as a result of coming forward publicly with my story. I didn't know that security guards let me into Minister Reynolds' suite. I didn't know that security guards came into the office multiple times seeing me in a state of undress. I didn't know they were undertaking an internal review into how the matter was handled at the time. I didn't know that they debated calling an ambulance at the time of the incident. The continued victim-blaming rhetoric by the Prime Minister is personally very distressing to me and countless other survivors. A current senior staffer to the Prime Minister and my former Chief of Staff refused to provide me with access to the CCTV footage from that evening and continually made me feel as if my ongoing employment would be jeopardised if I proceeded any further with the matter. I mean, there's lots of, like, disturbing things about that. Um, I, I don't, I mean, I don't really need to point them out. It's, like, it's very disturbing that she got the details from like news sites but i think that another thing that we have to think about and i think this is often skipped over is that she had to listen to scott morrison's statement she had to listen to senator reynolds alleged apology that she gave to the senate which makes me so furious because she just stood up with her like allotted however many minutes and apologized in quotes to Britney when she was actually just apologizing to the media camera that was there anyway but I think that like just the very fact that these public figures are making statements for the public when it's actually about one very real individual who has had a traumatic experience and then has to read it what in the news I highly doubt that Prime Minister and Senator Reynolds called her up and gave her this apology directly to like in on the phone. It's all damage control. Yeah, exactly. It's not it's not an apology. But it's who so... believes this? Yeah, I don't, well, That's no, my I don't question. Think. Who the fuck watches that speech and thinks, "Oh, oh she's really sorry." Yeah. yeah. You know, like, oh. Yeah, you're right actually. That's actually really a good question. Like why are they doing that? It's, they have to tick some box, but no one is even believing the tick anymore. Just leave. honestly, I'd be No, but I'd maybe some people do. Anything. I don't know how much of a minority we are. Obviously, people our age are all screaming and, and you know, 
jumping up and down about it. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't even know if my parents know that this... Like, I don't know what older people think about this sort of news. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think it kind of washes over them generally. But then again, like, if if the news impacts you, then I don't think it's going to be solved by the apology. But if the if the broken news does not bother you, you'll probably hear the apology and be like, oh, well, he apologised, so what's the big deal? So I guess in that way, it's kind of like... Yeah. It's for the people it's for. Speaking of ScoMo, um, the statement that was released, the written statement, um, said that they were aware that an incident had occurred and then a few days later they were aware that they're, they were aware, they became aware of the details. So essentially I read it as they knew that a sexual incident occurred and then a couple of days later they found out that it was non-consensual. So that was the in the official writing. Um, but again, like, because they didn't really put details, that's kind of what my take is. It mm. may not have been how it was, you know, supposed to be, whatever. And also the perpetrator, the alleged perpetrator resigned after the alleged rape occurred. So that means that what the government's saying is that they knew that something sexual happened and then someone resigned. And then even though Senator Reynolds is saying that he was actually terminated now, and then a couple of days later after that, they found out that it may have not been consensual. And so to me, that timeline, it's like, what did you do in those days? Like, but then there's this claim that they called, they considered calling an ambulance on the night. Exactly. And then who, but who, then who considered calling the ambulance? Was it the security team? Yeah. My question is, what was the immediate response for the staffers? Exactly. And it seemed like, I just, there's so much you know, very slightly conflicting evidence. It's like, well, what, you know, why would you call an ambulance if you thought someone was just having a fun hookup? But also my question is if an internal review was like incited immediately, why would you think it was appropriate to later bring the employee, the survivor mm. in for a formal employment meeting in the room where it happened? Exactly. And may and intimidate her because she said she felt as though her job was these facts don't align. No, they don't align, and it just seems to me like, I mean, at the end of the day, I I just wonder is it just genuine, like you? They know that they're lying. They know exactly what they are doing, or have they forgotten? You know the the uh, scene in Promising Young Woman where the um, oh. Dean was like couldn't remember this reported assault because mm. so many of them happened. It's every week. Exactly. Then sometimes I'm like, do you maybe you've genuinely forgotten the facts and you don't you can't speak on them now because you forgot because it was two years ago and who knows how many other things have happened since then. It's hard. To oh, and it, but it just the fact that it if something is not memorable to me, it's just like well that it wasn't a notable day to you. And why is that? If someone came to me, anybody came to me and told me about an assault, there is no fucking way I would forget that. No. I can actually remember all the places that I've heard people talk about being assaulted or mm. harassed. Like, I can Same. pinpoint them. I can put them on a fucking Google map. And honestly, it's actually not that rare that your friend comes to you and tells you that they're assaulted. It's but not rare, but I still fucking remember Exactly. It. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's yep. still an important day. Yes, exactly. No, you're right. It's not as rare as I wish it was. Because even so, yesterday... And I don't want to make this about me, but, you know, a standard day. It was a standard Tuesday, so I thought. In the day of yesterday, <laughs> I had a, what can I call it? I guess a 
professional altercation, not in my job, but it was a professional altercation. And I am not saying I was in the right, but I believe wholeheartedly that the situation would have been handled differently had I not been a young woman because he was a man in a powerful position. Mm-hmm. And there and there's, there was wording that was used and there were actions that were taken that I was like, this would never happen if I was your equal. Yeah. If I was also a powerful man. This is happening because I'm a young woman and I'm not an executive. Even though I'm a founder of Cheek Meaty Co. In case you haven't heard. <laughs> <laughs> and CEO. So... Because I gave you the straps. <laughs> well. So generously. I also edit the podcast, I'm taking <laughs> <laughs> So that happened in the morning. In the afternoon, in the evening, I was walking home from the gym in my local neighborhood where I usually feel very safe. And as I was crossing the road, someone in a, car, in a company car with the logo very clearly on the side of the car, as he was turning, he slowed down turning driving past me wound down the window so that he could harass me verbally in a in a company car he must own it he must oh it was a big How company st- oh did you report it no but i i meant to i forgot until now i will i will report it because it was a big company and i know exactly where it happened i didn't get the number plate because i didn't think to because i was like what just the, the, like i don't know the fact that he wound down the window specifically i'm like you wound down that window especially to and it was in a suburban neighborhood he was honestly probably about to go into his house how old was he uh maybe 30 pretty young again this is a regular tuesday in my life i barely even left my house that day i didn't leave my suburb and two things happened like that definitely not traumatizing i pro- i probably will never forget these things that have happened but this so is just traumatizing. Nor- <laughs> but again normal tuesday for me as a mm. young woman who barely leaves my home mm. this is like how often and this is another one of the reasons that i don't understand why it always needs to be contextualized because this fucking happens all the time but scott morrison can cruise about his life having not been affected by it apparently it happens all the time. It's happening everywhere all around us. Like the fact that he has to, you know, I loved, I saw this um, fucking meme the other day where it was like, oh, hopefully Jenny can sit him down and explain what fucking carbon emissions are tonight. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> she can put things into really good oh, context. My God. I don't think this definitely doesn't only happen in the government. It definitely doesn't only happen in the Liberal Party. It's yeah. a very widespread issue. We all know that. But it's a particularly sad state of affairs when it's happening in the federal government. Like the, these people work for us as the public. Um, don't mean to sound like a boomer, but we pay their salary with our taxpayer dollars. Mm-hmm. They are supposed to be like advocating for us and protecting us. And instead, this is what they're doing with their time. Yeah. And if you're not, and by the sounds of it, a lot of those people, a lot of the men and just people in the Liberal Party, if they are not doing the assault alleged if they are not allegedly assaulting or making women feel uncomfortable then they are contributing to covering it up yeah absolutely like it's hard enough for women to get to any point of government anyway Mm. the vast majority statistically speaking of elected officials in australia are white men over the age of 51 so the system is already not set up for us women already have to claw their way into those positions and the even the ones that do are still having to put up with this type of culture are still involved with this 
you know, I don't want to call it a boys club because I feel like that is dismissive, but. No, I, and part of the thing is, and this really sort of hits home and makes it personal. I think a lot of people our age get on this train is that Brittany had started in this job months before. Mm-hmm. It was like a dream role. That's yeah. that's what she described it as. It's probably pretty hard for her to get the position. No, absolutely. She's 24 years old. Mm-hmm. She's starting out. She's excited. It's the start of her career. Yeah. It really is this tipping point where she's like about to, you know, explore every avenue of the of the career path that she wants and months in you're kind of just a whole horizon is shattered mm-hmm. it's taken away from you and not only that but the people that are around you are supposed to be your colleagues who you spend the majority of your day with yeah are the ones that are trying to undermine you and that must be just sh- like i I can't even fathom how that must feel. Not only has this extremely fucking awful thing happened, but then the people that you're supposed to be feel secure enough to tell and on the grounds where it's occurred and they basically pull the rug out out from underneath you at your lowest moment. Yeah. That just it it disturbs me. It disturbs me as well. And even though I don't want this to be the case, but it really disturbs me that she like her superior was a woman. It's a woman killer. in the Liberal Party who was probably not surprised to hear this either, probably just as unsurprised as we are. Yeah. And yet she, like, there were a lot of women in the Four Corners episode who were Liberal staffers, pri- like, previous Liberal staffers. There were, um, it cut away to a lot of times where women in the Liberal Party, elected members of the Liberal Party, were making statements in Parliament and saying, as a party, we need to do better for women, blah, blah, blah. Yet it appears from what we've heard and what was reported on Four Corners that those same women now still walk past these things happening and they don't actually take action. They And it's what we're always told. Exactly. It's what we're told. What we're told is that white women in positions of power, especially, mm-hmm. will do this to other women. Yeah. And I never want to believe it. Mm. I never want to, like, sort of demonize women generally i never want to do that and yet i met with these like cold hard facts Mm -hmm. about them helping bury yeah what's going on and it's i because the thing for me is is that as we as you discussed earlier it happens to every woman at Mm -hmm. some point so how at, at what point in your life can you possibly pivot from being a victim to assisting the perpetrator yeah in the cover up yeah that's disturbing. And it's obviously not them actually assisting the awful act, but it's them prioritizing the look. Mm-hmm. And honestly, what's the look? Yeah. If you come what out, protecting? if you come out and say, we've had someone raped at Parliament House and mm-hmm. we've fired the person immediately, we're having an internal review. It's, I think it's one day of bad press. Yeah. Right. What's going to happen now? The risk you run of mm-hmm. doing this to young women and then something like this coming out. And you know what? I wish I could say, yeah, he'll lose the next election because of this. And it's not true. No, he won't. It's not true. But how many times? How? My question is, how many times has a young staffer claimed this and they've done this to another Brittany Higgins mm-hmm. and they've never said anything? Yeah. How many girls' stories have been buried before one got through? Mm-hmm. And that's my question, I guess. Is it how systemic is this? We don't know. It might be one. I don't think it is. I don't think it is either. And again, in the Four Corners episode, Senator Sarah Hansen Young from the Greens spoke mm-hmm. about a woman who was anonymous who came to her because she was um, 
oh, like her superior, I think, had taken advantage of her. There weren't many details given, but someone had kind of told Sarah in confidence and she was speaking about it on the show. So, I mean, when I watched it, I started watching it back this morning and I thought that could have been Brittany or it could have been anyone. Mm. Like, I, I struggle to believe that she is the only one. Yeah. I mean, how many people have quit? They, she was given the option to leave so many times. How many women would have just been like, I'm just going to leave. Like, this is not worth it. I don't ever want to be here again. I'm going to go back to my I'm life, not however sure what it I'd was do. before. I'm really not sure. I'd hope that I've done, I would do what Brittany's done. But in experiences where this sort of thing has happened to me, obviously I've not been raped, but mm. generally sexually assaulted. Yeah. I haven't said anything besides this sort of forum. Yeah. I mean... The other thing is it's not just happening to the young women. Like, again, on the show, there was a late, was it, is it Christina Keneally? Mm. Christina Keneally said that liberal or coalition MPs were coming on to her when she was there in her capacity as a journalist for Sky News. Yes. And she said, I'm a public figure. I'm very, it's very known that I am married. And she said, these people just had absolutely no shame. She And she she said there was nothing, like, they didn't do anything um, particularly aggressive to me, but it was just so shameless, like so obvious. Yeah. And that's how they're acting towards a, you know, fully mature woman who has a lot of life experience. So you can only imagine what they're doing to anyone kind of younger than her who they don't perceive to have any, I mean, to a journalist, like that's what, what are you thinking? They don't, they it's another care. question. They, they don't, don't care. care. Yet they're alleging to cover it up because of the press. They know. They know that they can't be. They know that they cannot be stopped by a few bad media stories. And so where's the impetus to hold each other accountable? Okay. So this, like we said, this is not only in government. And recently, um, Whitney. Wolf heard. Whitney Wolf Hurt has been in the news <laughs> because Bumble has just become a publicly listed company. What a segue. What a seamless segue. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this is my I honestly, job. Honestly, like, I don't want to divert from such an important topic, but I will cry. I just can't. About I'm Bumble. so. No, about every. All of it. Like, okay. I'm so cynical towards what's yeah. gone on this week and. Well, I don't have it in me to keep going. <laughs> well, this is going to take a dark turn. So. <laughs> <laughs> Great. But what I mean is I can't stay on the one. Yeah, the one topic. Um, so, and But also I think it's pertinent to note that even though we, like we said, should be holding Scott Morrison accountable, this is completely unacceptable behaviour, It like the buck doesn't stop with him. This no. is everywhere. So Whitney, the founder of Bumble, was a co-founder of Tinder. Tinder. So in 2012, I believe, in December 2012, she co-founded Tinder and was the chief marketing officer, I think, or the vice president of marketing. It was something huge marketing. Big marketing gal. Big, big, big marketing. <laughs> um, and essentially, it was kind of unclear for a while what occurred in the breakdown of the relationship between the co-founders, I think. But essentially what happened was when um, Wolf Herd left Tinder... Um, she sued Tinder. Uh, she she sued Tinder for sexual harassment, harassment and discrimination. And discrimination, yes. What grounds of discrimination? Um, 
might not say. I just didn't find anything that said it. It doesn't say. But she was sexually harassed and stripped of her co-founder title by her boss. Yes. So her boss harassed her and stripped her title. Um, And I guess that's what pushed her to then start Bumble, which um, she founded in 2014, December, I think. Yeah. But one impressive woman, one of the youngest billionaires. Yeah. I think the youngest billionaire. Oh, no, Kylie Jenner. I wonder if she, the youngest self-made billionaire, Mm. I wonder if she um, still has the stock because the payout included more than $1 million plus Tinder stock. I wouldn't keep it, hey. Just sell it. But what if you could be like, oh, I still have me on stock. Yeah, true. Anyway, so... I guess it's not about stock. <laughs> it's not about um. stock. Um, and if we can cast our minds back a couple of months ago, Triple J had a an ongoing segment. It went for a couple of days, I believe, about Tinder because um, women who were reporting assault or harassment from to Tinder after they'd been on dates with men who they'd met on Tinder, um, had allegedly been assaulted or harassed, alleged, alleged, blah, blah. It's so annoying to have to say that, but we have to. Um, And we're reporting it to Tinder and then in the process of the police reports, any type of reporting, getting all the facts together, they were trying to get their messages from Tinder Mm -hmm. because most of the time the um, as the story says, the men were, you know, attacking the women and then deleting them or unmatching them on Tinder, and then the message history disappears. So then the police and or the victims, alleged victims, were going to Tinder and saying, please, can we have the data? Data. The metadata from yes. the, yeah. And Tinder was saying, we can't give it to you because we, we can't get it. What's really interesting to me is one that they are claiming they don't have their data. I don't understand much about things like that. Excuse me. Yeah. But I don't understand how you wouldn't because yeah. data, like, fuck, I don't understand. Yeah. But they have the all, data. I don't understand what possible privacy clause or protective clause legally um, would protect them from discovery and disclosure of that information legally. I have no idea. Like, yeah. that just doesn't make sense to me. Well, we everything. Every time we sign up for an app, we give them permission to read all of our data. Yeah. So I guess that they're protected from giving it over. But I, is it on the basis that they claim they don't have it? Is that true? I don't know. I can't remember if they said they can't get it, or they don't have it, or they can't hand it over. But but it was they they couldn't hand it over for some reason, and so. People who are on Tinder to harass women or assault women got wind of this obviously and then it find, it eventually has become tinder has become a an assistant basically aided. in yes yeah there it's aiding these perpetrators in carrying out assaults accessory yes they're an accessory, they're an accessory to, the crime, to the crime in, a, in essence yeah um and then i read so because i actually didn't know that um whitney wolf wolf heard was harassed at tinder but now that i read that i'm like well that makes sense so what like the culture, the culture from the top down exactly and it's going all the way to their fucking app from the co-founder to the app like that's like these there are, the are systems. so many potential people to barricade yes but then again i guess ceo like founder ultimate power exactly but it's just so telling of the way that we reflect our values in what we make mm-hmm. and it's again and, and the thing that surprises me is it, it takes me back to, again, I will bring this up for the hundredth time. Um, there's a scene in Bombshell 
mm-hmm. great movie where um, essentially Roger Ailes, who is a serial committer of sexual assault against employees, mm-hmm. and he was the head of Fox News, and he was dethroned um, when it all came out um, and then immortalised on film yeah. in that movie. And there's a scene where there's a settlement deal happening between Rupert Murdoch and Roger Ailes. Mm-hmm. Rupert Murdoch is king of conservatism. Yeah. And yet in that scene, I'm not sure actually how the fucking thing went down, but one of the quotes that I remember is, and Roger says, you know, like, I was giving them something like they're lying. Mm. And Rupert says, there's just no side of that argument now. There's no one for that side of the story. Yeah. And that's not true. Mm. And and the thing is, the portrayal in that scene, I'm like, I don't, I, I can't imagine Rupert Murdoch saying that. But also, I think it's so interesting to put that in a film when we know that every single day this happens and we accept it. We are desensitized to it. We are saturated in that information. Mm-hmm. In Every single person I know has a bad date story. Yeah. Every single woman I know has been sexually harassed at the very least. Mm-hmm. It runs through us. It's just so apparent to me that this is everywhere and we are so accepting of this behaviour mm-hmm. because it is so in our faces all the time. Yeah. <sighs> well, even Promising Young Woman, like, people barely spoke about that. For a movie that should have been so... I actually seen a lot, so... but I think it's because my algorithm oh, you knew t- I you... wanted it. Well, I honestly didn't see very much commentary at all. You saw it late, though. I did see it late. But I didn't see... Like, no commentary made me want to see it earlier. Yeah, yeah, I know that's true. Um, Could have been because of COVID, but I was just like, like, this has not... All of these stories do not shake the public. Like, we're not shaken by them. Why? thing is is that obviously it happens to everyone and we think that and what we mean by that is women Mm -hmm. i mean we mean men too but we mean mostly women yeah and so is it because we accept that this will happen to us is it because we accept that it's a part of being what like and i don't but are we talking about society as a whole is it because we accept that this will happen um and we accept that we've heard about it and we become desensitized to it why do we find it like this inherent experience that it's going to happen it, you're going to be in, like exposed to something like this yeah um why is it that we accept it from men hmm that's a good question Sorry, I don't really need you to answer it. <laughs> no, okay. But I think it's, it's fundamental because obviously we think, and I know like the immediate answers are like, we're so ingrained in patriarchy and tell us what's not name, blah, blah, blah. Like mm. all these things like, you know, get used to it because it's, it's, it's everywhere. Yeah. But fundamentally my question is like, when these things happen, I still get riled up. Mm. And my question is, why don't other people? Yes. Yeah. That's how Why doesn't it boil your blood? Yeah. What, what, what? I mean, I'm cynical and I feel like I'm already starting to resign to these facts. Like, mm. I'm already feeling like, obviously, when we said we we're going to talk about this today, I was like, oh, God, I've got to work myself up to be angry about it. Because mm-hmm. I'd spent so long being angry the yeah. past couple of days that I had been like, I have to fizzle out. Yeah. Otherwise, I can't keep going. Yeah. And my question is, is that what happened to other women? Yeah. Well, no, not really, because I might ring my relative and they're like, oh, that happened. And it's like they've not even... Is it because we separate ourselves so much and our own agency from the the, the experiences of others? Yeah. And is that why people like Scott Morrison are like, well, what have happened to my daughters? Like, mm. do we get to that point when we get older that it has to happen to someone close to us again Yeah. to really think about the suffering? Like, why can't we just see someone far away and believe them and feel it mm-hmm. and i do still and i don't want that feeling to go away because it's important but yeah why don't others what happens yeah i mean that's for some reason 
like this one really got me mm. and I got really angry about it. Mm. Like I was like stomping home. <laughs> but you're not surprised either. No, I'm not and, surprised. And that's the thing, this, this fury comes from somewhere so innate because it's, it's not about shock. Yeah. It's, and that's, I think, what of a lot, I think that's the problem with news. Yeah. It's about shock value. And this mm. isn't shocking. This no. is expected. I got angry, like when I, so I think, I don't know how I first heard about it, but either you or my sister sent me the link. Mm. And I was like... Oh God. Here we go. Here we go again. I didn't even read it at the time. I read the headline and I was like, oh God. And again, like like I said, not shocked. But I, and I didn't read it until I was preparing for this podcast because I was like, I need to know the facts of what happened. I'm going to read the whole news.com.au article. But the I love actual, that. The best, the most informative and the breaking <laughs> news was news.com.au for I know, fuck's sake. Owned by Rupert Murdoch. Why, oh, why? Anyway, I actually wonder if that had been reported on by The Guardian, how would it have been reported? Because the the news.com.au article was very devoid of any type of anything. It was literally just like, then yeah. she said this thing in quotes, and then she said more But quotes. I think that's because it's breaking news in, in a way they just post it. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. It was a long article. Anyway, my anger did not come from that specific story. It was when I started thinking about it and thinking about the way that the government responded and the way that the senator responded and the way that the prime minister responded. I just got so angry and particularly the stuff about how he had to kind of um, imagine that it was his daughters in order to react. I was like, how many times must this happen before it stops happening. Like, how many times do do I have to watch people be, oh, my God, this has shaken me to my very core, you know, in fucking statements when I know that they are not going to ever think about it again? And the other thing is when we're, we have to contextualize it for men a lot of the time. It's like, oh, well, what if, what if that was me? What if that was your daughter? What if that was your sister? When I read about stories like Britney's story, I don't think – oh, that's really horrible because it might happen to me. I think that's really fucking horrible because it's awful and yeah. it should never, ever, ever happen. And why then, is it happening? I, but then I do say maybe it's because I feel the proximity. I'm two years younger than her mm-hmm. than when, when this happened. I was interested for a long time in working in Canberra. Yeah, I was interested in having these experiences. I have a dream career. I have a path. And I understand this potential that you could feel I could be ripped out by this sort of experience. Is it because I'm waiting? Is it because I've known someone who's had this experience? Is it because I feel close to it because of my personal demo, like current state? Mm-hmm. Maybe. But again, I don't ever want to get to the point where I feel devoid. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't want to say it's, I just feel it because I feel it because mm-hmm. I'm like, that's, that may, they may, that may not be true. Yeah. It may be because I see this in others. I see it in myself, like mm-hmm. achieving this dream role of being, a, you know, being in Canberra would be one of the most exciting things for a young person who wants to enter the political sphere. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can, you can honestly feel the excitement of finishing university and getting a dream job. Yeah. It's close to us. Mm-hmm. And then you can feel, because we have felt, the feelings that you feel after someone violates you in any yeah. way, even if it's not to the same extent, mm-hmm. but you know how it made you feel. You know how you responded. You know how it made your friend feel. Mm-hmm. You've seen the reaction. You've seen the downfall. And it's that. It's like, I know, because it was within a year that someone told me something like that happened to yeah. them. And I, I, I wonder... 
it maybe it is unfair of me to say oh you know these people don't understand like why don't they get what i'm getting at because i'm like well maybe it's because i am making it about myself and being selfish in the fact that i'm like i see what's happened to you mm -hmm. and it it literally robs me of happiness because i know what's happened to her and it's fucking awful and you can feel part of it yeah. from far away but that doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that others should have not be capable of those feelings it doesn't mean that you know my grandparents should just watch news and be like oh well you know it's mm. it's confusing because i'm like maybe i am putting myself in that position because it's easier yeah but again that says so much about these men in parliament who have no fucking idea i don't i actually don't think I definitely don't have that. I mean, consciously, I'm not thinking any of those things mm. because I genuinely don't think that anything like that would happen to me. And I'm obviously aware that a lot of people think don't like think that horrible things are not going to happen to me. And I have no, there's no reason that I would like compare myself to Brittany and be like, well, it wouldn't happen to me. There's nothing like that. It's just that naive or not, I don't believe that would happen to me, which is, but my feeling is more just the culture like again that's how i felt about it. i was like again are you fucking kidding me again like why how many fucking how many of these news stories do i have to read yeah until people seem to care even the fraction is like i look around at these people like you've said and it's like hello is anybody does anyone care mm -hmm. hi hello I don't even want have to look you at the read comments. the article i'm not fucking reading the comments no way i would cry i can't I'm not reading any of the comments. I don't want to hear from Scott Morrison. I wish he'd never said anything at all. I don't care what any of them have to say. No one can say any... Honestly, no one can say anything to make me feel differently. No one in no one This in can't be repaired because they've had an opportunity and they've fucked it. And also the fact that they're so focused on this one issue. Again, like, I think I said this before, but it's, it's not just about Britney. Obviously, it's her story and it's very traumatic for her. And I don't mean to dismiss her part in it but she is one of many 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 people and it's not they're totally missing the point if they are apologizing to britney yes you should apologize to britney you should have done that personally but you not should on do that media. through fucking action that's exactly. what she wants that's why exactly. she's telling she doesn't you want scott morrison to call her and be like i'm really sorry britney yeah. she's not coming to the public so that you know scott morrison rings her and says do you want your job back exactly no, she's saying never let this happen again which yeah. is what everyone Yes, exactly. This. Exactly. And I don't, when I, I find it difficult sometimes to talk about things that have happened to me or things that have happened to people I know with, with men, because they say, oh, I'm really sorry that happened to you. That's not why I'm saying it. I don't fucking care if you're That's sorry. That's not why I'm sharing it with you. Exactly. And I don't need you to apologize to me on behalf of all men. I'm not crying if, about something. I'm not telling you about something that happened to me three years ago so that you sit there and hold my hand. Exactly. Because I've been forced to stop thinking about it. Yeah. I am so far from that, even mm -hmm. though it's probably still fucking, you know, a bullet in my brain. Yeah. But when I'm telling someone, it's be it's usually because they say like, oh, it doesn't happen to everyone though. And I have to respond by saying, well, actually, I have, to, I have to just bluntly traumatize you right now with yeah. this information so that you actually get some perspective yeah. immediately. Exactly. And then this is actually, I've realized this is the reason why I'm bothered that so many people are calling her brave. And objectively, she is being she is brave for saying it i think that we have this kind of i have a connotation around the word brave that i'm just like stop with this braveness it, but it's because if i was in her position i would fucking hate if anyone came turn around and said you're so brave for sharing your story mm -hmm. the point is not my story and that she's trying to set up some type of independent body that can stop this from happening that's what she has said in her own words why she came out and 
told the media so that she can set up something to stop it from happening in the, yeah. in the next time. She doesn't want these people in the interview to be like, I'm really sorry that happened to you, Brittany. That's really sad. I hope you're okay. No, she's not fucking okay for one thing. And she's not going to be okay because you said sorry. Exactly. What is sorry to her? And calling her brave is not the compliment she wants to hear. No. What she wants to hear is, oh, we're going to fucking protest for systemic change. Yeah, exactly. She's not telling you to be complimented on the fact that she told you. Yes. That doesn't make any sense. No. And she's not, she's, and she's not going, she didn't call up the news.com.au to tell the story, tell her own story. That's not actually like the undercurrent of what prompted her to go to the media. She wasn't like, I want to share my experience in Parliament House. She wanted to say, this is one example of why we need change in Parliament House, in the Liberal Party, in the coalition, whatever, probably in the whole of Canberra and the whole of the entire world, frankly. I'm so outraged. The other thing is I don't really know like what to actually do. Neither. Because there are so many people who are not on board, which I think people genuinely don't understand how many people are not on board with this because they don't want to change. <sighs> Scott Morrison said something, I'm paraphrasing. He basically said, we want women to succeed. Giving people a go is at the core of what we believe in the Liberal Party. And we <laughs> it's like 25%. Um, no, it's 20 God. The Liberal Party was 23% women last year. Yes, correct. Less than what it was, pre has been what previously. Anyway, he said, we want women to succeed, but not at the de not at the cost of other people losing anything. That's what he said. So, and which really encapsulates the, the problem here, because to, in order to make this change, women are 51% of the population. We need more than 51% of the population. And even then, not all women are going to be on board for this change. So there's not enough people. Like, I just find it so frustrating, and this is a quite defeatist. I try not to be defeatist, is that the reason it's not changing is because, you know, people might think for a se split second, oh, this poor woman, how very traumatizing. Whether or not they believe her, they a lot of people will think that's very sad for her, but then they'll just move on with their day. They're not actually willing to do anything. They're not willing to stand up to, there's not enough of us who are wanting to create change for it to actually happen and for it to actually make any type of impact. That's how I feel. Sorry. <laughs> Remember when we talked about Bumble? That was fun. <laughs> and yeah, it wouldn't last, but it gave us some a rebirth on yeah. the topic. Oh, I can't infuriate yourself. Read one thing every day that makes you furious. I've got I've got one that you can start with. There has been no women who have gone to the moon, and I'm furious about that. Only twelve people have been to the moon, but they're all white men. To balance that, follow NASA Blueberry on Instagram. Oh, yes. She's going to be the first woman in Mars. Yeah, she's sixteen, and she's already training to be the first person to walk on Mars. Mm -hmm. Got to balance. You got to balance. I follow someone that is fucking interesting, a woman, every day. Mm -hmm. And I read something that makes me hate the world every day. Yes. And that's chicken soup for the soul. Yeah. Um, frankly. <laughs> and a lot of people are not like us because I, like, anger is what fuels me. And, mm -hmm. you know, you can, like, tell me that it's not sustainable, but guess what? I fucking sustained it this far. And I will continue to. 
I need to, it's what motivates me. Mm. I like to feel these things and yeah. turning it off isn't going to help. No. Well, when I, um, I think I was on, I like had some time off. I think I was sick anyway, around the time that, um, RBG died, mm. RGB. Ruth Bader RBG, yes, died. And I watched, like, in a week, I watched her, the documentary and the movie based Mm. on her life. And I kind of, like, watched them over a period of four days, like, half, half, and then half, half. Mm. Um, And that really just, I just got so angry. And I was just so efficient on those four days. Yeah, it was hard because I watched the On the Basis of Sex movie about RBG a couple of weeks ago, but... Unfortunately, um, it was as the army hammer oh. scandal was breaking. So yeah. I was furious for multiple reasons. And I was like, I can't look at him. Yeah. Yeah. Space out your anger. I've been watching For All Mankind. It's oh, yeah. on Apple and it's about space, which is why I'm furious about the moon thing. <laughs> and it is like, it's set in the 70s. I think it might even so start in sure the 60s. So are you sure no woman has gone to the moon still? Sorry? He's, sorry. <laughs> Are you sure no woman has gone to the moon? No, I checked on the wiki page because I was so outraged. The wiki page, are you? (laughs) Yeah. I checked my receipts. Read one great Um, article a day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So basically it's like an alternate reality where the Soviets beat the Americans to the moon and they are very upset about it. Oh, it's really good. You should watch it. Anyway, in typical American fashion, they're very upset and they can't let it go. Oh, and then, like, um, a different president gets in based on... Anyway, alternate reality, but essentially... Um, this is not really a spoiler, but they kind of... They train up a team of women as astronauts and it kind of, like, does chronicle a couple of women, like, infiltrating NASA and actually, Holy like, shit. getting somewhere with NASA. It's really good. I love space movies. Me too. I love space. Mm. And then some rocket company on in australia followed me and i was like after you watched it yes that's fucked i know but then i was like are they recruiting me because i will happily go to the moon you don't want to do that no i don't but i want to be asked you would like to be alone (laughs) for that long but not without nick (laughs) exposed i just don't want to do all the training to go to the moon like it's just not really my thing i'm too tall really you have to weigh under 80 kilos and be under a certain height because i wouldn't oh well one, one like equals one sad for Hannah. Well, I mean, I accepted it at a young age. <laughs> I moved on. <laughs> All right. Well, in closing, stay angry. And when you get old, don't turn conservative. Don't. Just when you want to vote liberal on a card in five years, don't do it. Oh, have a think about if Britney was your daughter. Yeah, just have a think about that. Just imagine. Fuck. And you could hopefully contextualize Fuck. It. If you found us just totally relatable and quirky, come back next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, head to cheekmedia.com.au to tide you over until then. Bye. Goodbye.